Alexa, Alexa, stop, stop, Alexa, stop. Guys, what are you doing down there? Hey, we're in the middle of a live broadcast. I know we're in doing? the middle of What am I doing? Babe, tonight we're supposed to be doing Temptation. Yes, and this is the best song ever sung by the Temptations, my girl. And you just messed it up. No, no, babe. No, 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 no. We're not, oh, not the Temptations as in the singing group. Tonight is supposed to be a broadcast about temptation as in the biblical concept of temptation. Yeah. Awkward. Okay. Well, okay. Wait, I can fix this. You're fixing this. How I fast can you fix it? We're live right Two now. Minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. No, you don't have two, two minutes. minutes, guys. Everybody, everybody All has. right. Let me see if I can do something. Hang on. We're having some technical difficulties. This is not even technical difficulties. This is what happens when you talk about one thing and people think it's something else. And as you can see by our wonderful puppet setup tonight, we've got all kinds of things that were planned and now are going to have to change. Let me see my, this is just me sharing my opinion, but let me go ahead and tell you what I'm thinking. For all of you parents out there, if you have not yet made sock puppets with your children, make sure to get that done because if nothing else, it will absolutely test your Christianity like nothing else has this entire time of COVID. You should have seen our house just a couple nights ago when we had hot glue and popsicle sticks and felt and cardboard and, all, and socks and everything else spread all over our sunroom. Nothing, and I mean nothing, except maybe possibly glitter, nothing is more frustrating than trying to help three children all at one time go ahead and build sock puppets. I think Rachel's ready. So without further ado, let's try something different. Welcome to Newark News Live, coming you to you tonight live from the Lugo Bunker. It's our new art campus. We have many of them around the city. And tonight we're going to be doing an interview. You could say that comes straight from the pits of you know where. So without hey, further ado. Did you? Hey. Yes. What? Did you just say from the pits of somewhere? You know where. This, guys, no. is a little different. It's an interview that's going to be a little different. This here is you know i have many them? names why don't you tell them a little bit about oh yes your creepy self please let me talk about myself for a moment i have many names that you are probably familiar with from the scriptures sometimes i'm referred to as the satan sometimes <laughs> as the devil sometimes by other names the adversary but the accuser but tonight, you can just simply refer to me as the serpent. You know, I know a song about the serpent. Something to do with stomping, stomp, stomp. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think no stomping right on now. serpents tonight. That's not what we I'm are just doing. Saying, I'm just saying. All right. So we're going to discuss a few stories in the Bible and how, how much this guy is to blame. Oh, 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 please, please. Let me brag on myself for a moment. You see, tonight, we're going to talk about a few stories that you probably already recognize, but allow me to point out and give commentary 
from a different angle. I am going to talk about one of my favorite tools. Tonight, we're going to talk about temptation. <laughs> wow. So, Miss Interviewer, go ahead and take it away. All Why right. don't we start with one of my favorite stories because it's all about me. Who's doing the interviewing here? Me or you? Me. No, I don't think so. I'm going to I'm going to start off with me. an oldie but a goodie. Uh, we find it in Genesis chapter 3. We're going to start reading here. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals. Did you mess with my script? No, I told you. This is one of my favorite stories because it's all about I'm, I'm pretty sure this is not the papers that I had earlier when I was studying. Uh, hang on. One second. We're live. Just hush. We have to get going. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals. I just checked the my Lord script. I'm name. pretty sure this is the right story. Right. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Oh, oh, oh. Notice. I love, I mean, I love, love, love. Okay, buddy. I love asking questions. And my favorite kind of questions are the questions that make you question what God has said. Continuing on. Of course we may eat from the fruit, the fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. Notice, notice the first thing you do when talking to people, you need to convince them that what they already think they know is wrong. God knows that your eyes will be opened. You said that. Why don't you read your own words? <clears throat> okay. Why should let I me be take reading over. for you? Fine. My lines. I'll read my lines from my story because this is about me. Go ahead. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat of it. And you, you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. <laughs> The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Uh, did I just see a cow in that uh, Sorry, technical difficulties. Uh, yes, there might be a cow in the background, but hey, I'm working with free online clip art here. What were you expecting, Bill Fisher? Well, I did never really spend much time thinking that Adam and Eve milked a cow. Just work with me here. Work Cheap props. Here. I thought you could do better than that. You do all over the world, you know. Does this look like Hollywood to you? No. Cheap all right. props. So she Cheap took some of the fruit. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. <laughs> this is one of the best parts of the story. See, I tempted her by getting her to look at something and then get her to question what God had said. And then, and then, you ready for this? You ready for this? This is my favorite part of the story. Okay. 
She takes the fruit. <laughs> I didn't have to do anything. I didn't touch the fruit. I didn't touch wait, her. Wait, 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 I didn't wait. tell her. All no. I did was talk to her. I gave her the whisper. No, One of my favorite approaches. Didn't and then make her she did it. She did it. She did it all by her little self. She took the fruit. <laughs> I really thought you'd be taking more credit than this. You know, people give you a lot of credit. Well, they should give me credit. They should give me lots of credit. But my point is, I didn't have to do anything other than talk to her in that temptation whisper. See, one of my favorite tools is temptations. And one of my favorite, favorite, favorite lines is when people say, the devil made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make anybody do anything. They do it of their own accord. <laughs> you are a sick, sick little puppet. <laughs> right, moving on. I'm tired of this story. They sewed fig leaves together. They covered themselves. And then they got kicked out of the garden. I'm ready to move on. Well, let me just point out one more thing in this story. Often we talk about this story being the fall of mankind and blah, 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 blah. Just remember, kids, this story is about me. You arrogant. Hey, back off with the mic, lady. Look, the point is, when I talk to people, usually I can get them to question what God has already told them to do. And then from there, they make bad choices and they give in to temptation. One of my favorite tools. <laughs> I'm real tempted to start singing that song. That stomp song, stomp, stomp, No, 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 stomp, no, 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 stomp, stomp. Moving on. We're going to discuss a story in 2 Samuel chapter 11. David and Bathsheba. In the spring of the year when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. Notice, notice before we go any farther. <laughs> where is David in this story? Hmm? He's answer he's me that sitting interview on, lady. He's sitting on his throne where he belongs. No, no, no. Read that line again. In the spring of the year when kings normally go when out. When kings to war. do what? Normally go out to war. Normally go out to war. And where is David? Right here. Sitting on a throne at home. Second trick. Convince people to do what they should not be doing. Get yourself in an environment where you don't belong and temptation gets even louder. <laughs> oh my word, that laugh. I think I might end up with a migraine. Having to listen to you is tempting me to do things I shouldn't. Back up with the mic, lady. I'm telling you, it's pretty heavy. All right, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Late see, one afternoon. See, David is where he should not be. I really feel like my script was changed. All of these stories are about you. Me. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to talk to the producer about this. Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking taking a taking a walk. 
On her roof? Uh-huh. Taking a bath. Uh-huh. He sent someone to find out who she was. And he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Wait, wait, wait. Please repeat that. The what? The wife of what? The wife of Uriah the Hittite. Right. So now I said, hey, David, look at that beautiful woman over there. Isn't she good looking? Pretty impressive that puppet snake can whistle, huh? Pretty lame whistle, but it's a try. Anyways, he notices this woman who's married to someone else. And we go from there. And it says, then David sent messengers to get her. Mm -hmm. And when she came to the palace, he slept with her. Mm -hmm. Notice, all I had to do was whisper. I didn't push her at David. I didn't push David out of his palace. Oh, no. No, 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 no. You have to take the responsibility here. No, that's the beauty of this. I don't actually have to do very much at all. I just have to whisper at people with my favorite tool. Temptation. <laughs> I've just not had enough to laugh. Oh, we're, I'm switching stories. I've had enough of this one. Uh, let's try something different. Fine. Go uh, to another story. First Kings 21. Naboth's vineyard. Check on my props. This sounds promising. This sounds real promising. Naboth's vineyard. There was now there was a man named Naboth from Jezreel who owned a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of King Ahab of Samaria. This guy looks pretty nice. He looks pretty like maybe he's a believer, Christian. He's going to make a good decision. Here we go. One day Ahab said to Naboth, "Since your vineyard is so convenient to my palace, I would like to buy it to use as a vegetable vegetable garden. Vegetables. From Very delicious." <laughs> I will give you a better vineyard in exchange, or if you would prefer, I will pay you for it. But Naboth replied, the Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance that was passed down by my ancestors. So Abraham went home angry. And oh, so oh, pause, 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 pause. What did Ahab do? He went home. How did he go home? Angry and sullen. He was pouting. He was pouting Abraham. like a baby. Ahab was angry. I love anger. Temptation goes very good with the side of anger. Anger is a wonderful tool. I can use anger for all kinds of things. <laughs> can, you sense, can you sense anger? Can you sense it? Can you Depends. tell when someone's getting angry? Because you should be really feeling, feeling Back up with the mic, lady. right now. Back up with the mic. I'm thinking... That you just need Ow. a little bit of. I'm not going to give in. So Ahab went home angry and sullen because of Naboth's answer. The king went to bed with his face to the wall and refused to eat. Pouting. He had a temper tantrum. Anger plus pouting equals good recipe for temptation. What's the matter? His wife Jezebel asked him. What's made you so upset? That you're not eating. It's, wow. She looks pretty evil. One of my favorite ladies in all of the biblical narrative. I asked Naboth to sell me his vineyard or trade it, but he refused, Ahab told her. 
are you the king or not? Jezebel demanded. Get up and eat something and don't worry about it. I'll get you Naboth's vineyard. So she wrote letters. Did you tempt Jezebel? Does she need any tempting? Did you have to help her out? Mm. Jezebel's an interesting character. She's never really painted in a good light in the scripture. But that woman did a world of wonderful service for me. And half the time, I didn't even have to tell her to do it. So she probably wasn't even listening. So you weren't really involved. You can't take credit for Jezebel. Oh, no, 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 no. Jezebel's one of my favorite. I get to claim her. Remember, kids, all these stories are about me. You have quite the ego. Are you the king of Israel or not? Jezebel demanded. Get up and eat something and don't worry about it. I'll get you Naboth's vineyard. I think she probably laughed like you right <laughs> So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, sealed them with his seal, and sent them to the elders and other leaders of the town where Naboth lived. In her letters, she commanded, call the citizens together for a time of fasting and give Naboth a place of honor. And then seat two scoundrels across from him who will accuse him of cursing God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. That's terrible. <laughs> keep reading. Keep reading. So keep the reading. elders and the other town leaders followed the instructions Jezebel had written in the letters. They called for a, a fast and put Naboth at a prominent place before the people. Then the two scoundrels came and sat down across from him, and they accused Naboth before all the people, saying he cursed God and the king. So he was dragged outside the town and stoned to death. The town leaders then sent word to Jezebel, Naboth has been stoned to death. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Keep going. You Keep are going. sick. The story gets better. Keep going. Keep when going. Jezebel heard the news, she said to Ahab, you know the vineyard Naboth wouldn't sell you? Well, you can have it now. He's dead. <laughs> so Ahab immediately went down to the vineyard of Naboth to claim it. This is just sickening. This is a great story. See, see, Ahab wants something that's not his. And so I whisper to him, but he doesn't listen enough because he's a bit of a wimp. So he goes home and he pouts and he's angry and he's pouting and anger plus pout plus my whisper of temptation equals a great opportunity for sin. But, but, but get this. Did I kill Naboth? No. Did I make Ahab do that? No. Did the devil make Ahab do that? Maybe the devil no. made those guys lie about Ahab. No. This is the part most people don't realize. I don't actually make anybody do anything. <laughs> so you're telling me you have no way to defend yourself. No, 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 no. You have no power. No, 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 no. I have lots of power. I am very, very powerful because I, because I, um, well, because I, I whisper. But how are your defenses against stomping? Back off with the mic, lady. Back off with the mic. Listen, 
I don't have to do anything but whisper most of the time. And then people make actions and poor choices by themselves. Watch. Let's go ahead and do another story. This one's even better. Let's jump forward in time to the New Testament. We're going to pick up another character who I whispered to. And he, he did something terrible. Something horrible. Very, very, very bad. Well... It is the Bible, so I'll read it. But not because you told me to. Or whispered it to me. Matthew 26. Another story about me. <laughs> I thought I knew people with an ego. Wow, you have cornered the market. I invented the market, baby. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to the end of the world. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, as you know, Passover begins in two days and the son of man will be handed over to be crucified. At that same time, the leading priests and elders were meeting at the residence of Caiaphas, the high priest, plotting how to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. Stop. Stop. So notice, I'm talking to multiple people in this story. So the leaders, they are jealous of this Jesus. And they're scared because Jesus may take away some of their power and authority. So notice, in addition to temptation, I play on fear and I play on jealousy. And so they're angry. Ooh, that's a good one too. Never, ever leave out anger. Anger is one of my favorite times to talk to people. So they're angry and they're scared and they're jealous. And I tell them, and I just whisper to them. I don't have to do anything other than whisper. And they decide, not me, they decide it's time to kill Jesus. Well, you're making me pretty angry right now. And I'm Back not having any fear, just pure anger. Let's skip down to verse 14. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priests and asked, how much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? Oh, oh, read that one again. How much will you pay me to betray Jesus? <laughs> this is great. So this is a story not only about anger and jealousy and power, but money. Money's a good one. Lots of people want lots and 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 lots of money. So Judas, he wants money. So I can whisper to Judas. I see that he likes money. And I say, hey, Judas, you know, those high priests and the religious leaders, they're looking for opportunity. Here's a chance to make some money. Did I make Judas talk to the leaders? Yeah. No, no. Surely, no. surely you drug him down there. No! <laughs> oh, wait, wait, that's right! You don't have any hands. <laughs> really? That was pretty cheesy. Yes, you're not dragging anybody anywhere. <laughs> dragon, dragon. <laughs> that's a moss joke. Oh, anyway. <clears throat> and they gave him 30 pieces of silver. 
From that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. And you know where their story goes from here? We're just about out of time, so we're going to have to stop. But it gets even better, kids, because Judas, right here, right here, is looking for opportunities to get the money. And then when he finally betrays Jesus, I whisper again. But this time the whisper is even worse because now it's not about temptation. It's about condemnation. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that temptation and condemnation both come from you? Yes. I condemnation. Am condemnation, one of my favorite tools. Temptation is my favorite. But condemnation is right behind it. This is one of the best stories. This is why we're ending here. Because not only does Judas give in to temptation, he then listens to me with condemnation. And Judas, Judas is convinced, convinced that he cannot be forgiven. But he could have been forgiven. But Judas didn't listen. <laughs> so instead of the voice that says, I forgive you, Judas listened to me. And the voice that says, you will never be good enough. God doesn't love you. God will never forgive you. You have done too much. And so with the voice of condemnation, I convinced Judas that it's too late. Always, 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 always try to convince people that it's too late. And when it's too late, they cannot be forgiven. And so once they give in to temptation, then they give in to condemnation. And it's just as James wrote about in the New Testament, where he said that sin, when it gives full birth, leads to death. <laughs> but there is hope and there is forgiveness. Don't listen to her. And you're a liar. Well, that's true. But don't listen to her. No, listen to me. There is hope. This guy's a liar. You can be forgiven. And I don't know about literally stomping on you, but I'm pretty sure we could figure out a way to shut up your voice. Hey, hey, no, don't do that. So I think we're going to ask Pastor Stephen to join us at this point. See if he can get back on the air with us for a little bit of question and answer time. Um, I have been informed from my faulty script that questions can also be addressed to the serpent <laughs> or temptation. I'm concerned, Rachel, that all the questions are going to go to the serpent <laughs> tonight. All right, folks, I told you that you would not uh, have a Wednesday night Bible study quite like this one. And uh I think I was uh, correct in making that statement. So now it's time for questions and answers. And uh, so if you can start typing your questions, as we've asked you in the past, preface your question by a big capital question. And that way we can move forward and pick out those questions. I can tell by all the chat that everybody's enjoying themselves. And uh, But on a serious note, if you haven't been paying attention this week, we are not just doing puppet shows. We have a point behind what we're trying to share with you. Um, and we felt that the topic was heavy enough that we would lighten the mood just slightly with some puppets, but also then help you to uh, move along. And um, the Allen family, I'll, I'll add their little uh, quip in the middle. They said, well, at least we all have a leg up on that serpent. Actually, too. 
really funny. <laughs> so uh, I agree with you that that is the truth. Um, all right, I'm waiting on questions, people. Have we hammered the point to such a point that you have no question about temptation, about I sin? Think, I did want to point out that in all of these, all of these passages, starting with Adam and Eve, there is always a way. God makes a way of hope. In all Absolutely. of these failings, even King Ahab, if you go back and read, there was a point in his life where he repented. Not Jezebel. King Ahab did repent. He did clothe himself in, in sackcloth and ashes, and he repented, and he begged God, and God had mercy on him uh, during the situation where he repented. So everyone, every one of these stories, there is a way out. There is an opportunity for repentance and forgiveness. Well, speaking of that, we have a great example in Jesus Christ and how to deal with temptation. So a question came in uh, from Caleb that said, could the serpent talk about how Jesus resisted temptation in early Matthew? I don't know if the serpent really wants to talk about that because he doesn't <laughs> look very good in that story. But uh, what, hey, did Jesus, hey, what did Jesus Mr. do to handle you? Hey, Mr. Tech Guy, this broadcast, it's about me. No, Jesus. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry, buddy, but we're going to talk about Jesus. So what did Jesus do? How did he defeat you? Mm, I don't remember that story. <laughs> Actually, you do remember that story. And unless you want to get a bonk in the head from the microphone, you better tell us I how Jesus you. Right. You better, you better speak something. We know you can talk. So get to talking. Fine. The short answer, because that's all you're going to get from me, and you take it from there. And I really hate this. He quoted scripture to me. <laughs> to my whisper. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured that's where you were going to go, uh, Satan. I thought that that's what it is. Because whereas the, the serpent, in a serious answer to that question, the serpent tells lies. When you quote scripture, the scripture tells us thy word is truth. And uh, forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So when you answer when you answer temptation with the scripture, with truth. Yeah, that's fine. You don't need to listen. You're a liar and the father thereof, and you're damned forever. So we're not worrying about it. And no, I didn't just cuss. All right. So let me move on to another one that I think the the uh the serpent will enjoy a little bit more, which is from uh, Regina. How are you enjoying yourself and using temptation during quarantine? Oh, oh, good question. Good question. I like this. Do you know why I like this question? Because it's about me. <laughs> yes, we got it. Can you answer the question? So the way this works, and don't repeat this, the way this works is people have lots and lots of free time on their hands. It's kind of like what happened with David. And so they don't know what to do with all their time. And instead of developing healthy habits, instead, they sit around with nothing to do. And when people are idle with nothing to do and they're not being productive, my whispers grow louder. What? And so I use my whispers and I tempt them and I say, hey, no one's looking. No one's watching. Nobody will know. Now's a good time to, you fill in the blank. What do you like? What tempts you? 
Hmm. So can you describe these whispers a little bit? Is it like in my head? Is it something I hear when I'm walking through the house in the night and it scares me to death? Oh, no, 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 no. That would be no good. You might recognize that's something bad. Whispers usually come to people in down moments, especially, not always, but especially when they're alone. And so the whisper comes and it sounds different to everybody. And the best part of a whisper, it comes in their own voice, not my voice, their voice. And the whisper comes in their voice and it says, you know, now would be a good time to, or why don't you try? You know, when you did that one thing that one time, didn't it feel so good? Don't you want to do that again? And so the whisper speaks to them and it draws them. But the trick, the trick is to make it not too loud. Otherwise they might recognize it. And it needs to come in their voice. And the whisper is just enough. So you whisper. Back off, buddy. And then I back off. And then I whisper. And I back. Hey, watch it with the script, lady. Stand watch it with the ear. script. Oh. You get the idea. That's not how my voice sounds in my ear. All right. So I have another question from Amani. How can you, uh, we probably will have to bonk the serpent on the head to keep him quiet on this one, but how can you lessen temptation? Oh. Don't answer that. <laughs> Don't answer that. You can't. Me. Hey. Back off with the script, ladies. This is about you. This is about This me. is about how you lose. Well, I'm leaving it. How can you lessen temptation? I think there's a lot of ways you can do it. Everybody has to pick their own, has to have a, a plan. It's important that we have a plan of action before we get into the action. That makes sense. Before you get into a situation, no. If I feel tempted, this is what I'm going to do. Because... When we're tempted and we begin to struggle or hear those whispers, it's too late to make a plan. So the plan can be, um, let's let's throw back to what some of our puppets said earlier in the week. The temptation to sneak downstairs and um, and watch a movie or watch something online that we're not supposed to. Really, really, so, really good idea. Go, go away. So the the temptations there so what would your plan be to help if you know that you're tempted in that way there are uh there's multiple there's a multiple accountabilities that you can set in place um even on your phone a lot of times there's accountability things you can set up you can set it up on your computer you can have it even set up on your streaming devices to where there's a code and so certain things cannot be watched so you can make a plan ahead of time um you can no, no. Oh, I got one. I got one. I got one. I turn off the internet at a certain time every night so that the kids' devices don't work on the internet anymore. That's a good idea. Another bad idea. No, no, no. And 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 you use that a word. I hate that a word. Accountability. Oh, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no accountability. Accountability is bad. No, accountability is good. And accountability means that you, it's not just you alone. When you're accountable. No, stay alone. When I you're work accountable, best when you are alone. When you're accountable, you have someone else in the process with you. Someone you can be honest with and talk about. This guy is scared 
of more than one. He's scared when there's two or there's three. Stay alone. So to fight temptation, to fight temptation, you can you can have accountability. You can have someone that you talk to. You can plan ahead, though. That's your biggest chant thing. Plan ahead. And don't be afraid to say no. Many times temptation can happen. Say yes. And there's say peer yes pressure. Every time. Or you feel like everybody else is doing it. Everyone else is doing it. <laughs> and then you can you can know that you don't have to. You can say no. And if you're not sure, is what we're about to do wrong? Then just say, I'm not going to do that right now. And ask somebody that you're accountable Everybody to. Everybody else is doing it. Pastor Stephen, do you have it. any comments it before be we fun. knock out this? Before Actually, we I, have a, I have another question for the serpent. I know he's not going to like it. So hold that microphone over his head, Rachel. That's good. Because he's not going to want to answer it. But he's going to have to. So the question is, why does the serpent think he could not tempt Jesus? What? And, and serpent, I want you to address, do you think you did tempt Jesus? Oh, 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 wait. This is a setup. I know where this is going. No, 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 no. Hey. I don't want to answer this one. Hey, answer the question. <sighs> I need to be more selective about the interviews I choose to do. <laughs> Fine. The short answer is, yes, I did tempt Jesus. Even Jesus was allowed to hear my whispers. So, yes, I do think that I tempted Jesus. The scripture even says that Jesus was tempted in every point, just like the rest of you. So, I still win. <laughs> uh, you don't win. Have you, do you read scripture? No, no, no. We're done. We're done with this question. No need to talk about the fact that he didn't listen to me. No need to talk about the fact that he quoted scripture back at me. No need to talk about the fact that he resisted. Nope, 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 nope. And, and, and here's the cool part. Brother Moss said he was defeated. No, 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 no. That's right. We're done. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Jesus leaving. had the big I'm mic. I'm counting to three. Three. He did the three. big mic no, I'm going away. <laughs> Jesus had the right. mic drop. Absolutely. All right. So here's, um, since this broadcast is about you, somebody asked a question that will uh, appeal to your pride there, uh, Serpent. Serpent, are you there? So here's the question. How do you feel when people resist your temptation? I'm not answering that one. Well, it's about you. Fine, fine. How do I feel when people resist? Honestly, I don't like it. So I usually just go away and I find somebody else and I whisper no. to back up with the mic, lady. Back up with the mic. Get out of my ear. I usually just go find somebody else and whisper to them instead. Oh. So so resisting you does work. That was a setup, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. Absolutely. No question don't, about it. Don't listen to him, kids. Stay alone. No accountability. Listen to the whispers. <laughs> so, Serpent, let me ask you another question. 
Does all temptation come from you? Lots of temptation comes from me. Let's put it that way. But if I have to be something you can't, other than lying, you can't do it. You can't even be honest, can you? Something other than lying if I had to. But okay, so fine. All temptation comes from me. Take it at that. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is, folks, no. Not all temptation comes from the devil. In fact, we ourselves, by our actions, get ourselves into scenarios where our broken nature. He doesn't even have to whisper. It's our own broken nature that picks it up. Now, let's turn to a positive. Bonk the serpent on the head. Make him go away, Rachel. So what are some good things that you could lend your time to doing during quarantine? What's some positive things? Cassandra would like to have some ideas from us of things that, okay, it's one thing that we know when we're alone. Alone. <laughs> when we're alone, the whispers are more prominent. Our own sin nature can appeal to us. So what are some things, positive things, good things that we can do during quarantine that push back on that temptation, that mute, if you will, the whispers and cause us to be in a more positive place? Why don't you take a take a stab at this, Rachel, and I'll add a few things also. I think we should. If you if you miss the broadcast, go back and watch the broadcast on Digging Your Own Well. Uh, we did two weeks of Digging Your Own Well, and we really spent time talking about uh, prayer personal prayer, personal worship, a Bible reading, some things that you could do, we can all do that help us spend our time, but not we're not going to spend all of our time reading our Bible, praying and worshiping. And the truth is that many of us do struggle with being a little down. We struggle with blue days, some down days, and maybe even some depression when we're alone, when our schedules changed and we don't have any, we feel like we don't have any the illusion of control of our schedule of choosing what we want to do. So, I think we have to choose some positive things. Be aware. Okay, I'm feeling bad. What am I going to do? What's my plan for when I'm feeling down? Um, my personal plan when I'm feeling down is uh, I I have worship music that I listen to. I have some fun music that I listen to that's mainly uh, from kids' movies, some fun music that's upbeat that kind of gets me moving. Uh, but you can have – There's there are good things to watch. There are, there are good things that you can watch that you can enjoy. It's good to laugh. So what makes you laugh? Uh, think about what makes you laugh. I, I call my parents. I talk to my friends, but that can be exhausting. Talking on the phone all the time doesn't exactly, you know, help. There's good things we can do in quarantine. Um, the youth group's been meeting, uh, Zoom calls. But I think the key is to find some things you enjoy and have a plan for that and realizing that it's okay to take a little time to do something fun. We live in a life where in a, a society where you're gratified and you're somebody and you have value if you're busy. And that busyness has been, for some of us, that busyness has been taken away. And for others of us, that busyness has been increased exponentially for our essential workers, for people that have just been, they're exhausted. But those whispers come when you're exhausted, I would say as much as they do when you're bored. Because when we're exhausted, we drop our defenses. When we're tired, it's hard to resist. It's hard to say no. So to have a plan, a list of things that you enjoy doing, ways to resist, to have that plan for both of those instances, when you're exhausted and when you're tired or when you're bored. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would I would add to that, Rachel, that um, as the serpent has made very, very clear to us, one of the best things that you can do, and that's where COVID-19 challenges us, is to not be alone. And so 
for those of us that happen to be sheltering in place with our families, one of the best things you can do is spend time with your family. Whereas normally because of busyness, you might come home and you want your own space. You want your own time. This is a time to, to lessen that and to actually spend more time because it's harder to sin when you are with people who are your family and who you want to, to do right by. And uh, so that's another, another thing that can help. If you are alone, and there are some of you that are, this isn't perfect, but you've got to learn how to get out of yourself a little bit and you need to make phone calls. You need to find ways to productively connect with people. Yeah. And no, it's not the same as in person. I, I respect that and I understand that. But at the same time, uh, it's a little harder if your focus gets off of self and it gets onto others. That happens automatically when you're with a group of people. Your, your perspective shifts, even if you're still very self-centered. And we all have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. But even if you're very self-centered, when you're a group of people, it by definition pulls your attention away from you because you're in a group of people, whether it be your family or whether it be the church body. And so try to simulate that as much as you can, whether it's getting on a phone call. We have technology now. You used to have to pay for a conference call. Most of you with a smartphone, you have the ability to do a conference call. Get two or three people on and sit and chat on the phone. Even if you don't have video, get on the phone and do it. Or if you do have video, use it. There's there's plenty of different mechanisms because being alone, the, the serpent has accurately tonight, I hate to give him credit for anything, but has accurately told us. The biggest tool of the whisper is when you get alone because it, it magnifies the voice of the whispers. Right. Uh, and so that's one of the things that I would add to that. Um, I, I hate to do this, but the show kind of does have the serpent kind of important. So, you know, I'll, uh, can I add one more thing real quick? Absolutely. Um, something a very a wise person in my life described one time was that when dealing with temptation, temptation can be like a hook that gets stuck in your mind. Like you reel a fish in, you hook the fish and the fish gets reeled in. And temptation can hook us sometimes. And we read our Bible and we pray and we worship and we do everything we know to do. And it's still, it will not leave us alone. It's right there. It's talking to us. And that one of the best things you can do, and that's when the someone you trust comes into play, is you tell someone that you trust. Absolutely. Someone that you know you can trust. Someone that's not going to come at you with, judge, with judgment, but it's going to walk that road with you. There is something about speaking it out loud to someone else. It's that's like right. it pulls the hook out and throws it away. And suddenly it's lost its power. No. Absolutely. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Never okay. talk to people about your temptations. Absolutely. And that's why shame, that's why shame and condemnation are the tool of the serpent, because he doesn't want you to talk to somebody else. What are they going to think about me? What are they going to say? I've been very open. I'll tell you one. Uh, when I am out in public, most of the time I'm doing fine. I'm happy with my wife. I love my wife. But every once in a while, there's somebody that hook goes in my brain. So you know what I do? I go home every time and I tell my wife. That's hard to do. That's really hard to do. Don't do that. Don't do no, that. No, that's okay? what you do. Don't, don't talk. Because that takes the hook out. And I kid you not, every single time I go home to my wife and she helps me fight that battle. And that's where we need to, as Christians, be willing to help one another fight that battle. See, if we go around saying, hey, we're never tempted, we don't have any problems, everything's fine, then we create an impression for others that they can't talk to us. So if you've ever wondered why I'm very open about my brokenness, it is not I'm trying to glorify sin. That's it is right. because I want to tell people, look, 
you can talk to me when you're struggling with something. I'm not going right. to judge you. And then you can pull that hook out. Cause, and I don't know, Rachel. I don't understand. They will contribute. Shut that they up. Anymore. Hey, hey, back up the mic, Back up. <laughs> and that, by the way, folks, I hate to say it, but that's exactly the way the devil is. He will not shut up. That's he right. constantly keeps coming at you. So it is a battle. It is a challenge. Okay, somebody asked this question. I have no idea who the somebody is. Actually, I do. I just put her on there. Is temptation a sin? I feel like this is a softball, Rachel. Is temptation a sin? Temptation is not a sin. I win. Would you listen to temptation? You've already lost. You're broken. Okay. You're broken. This is not for you. I would this is not back up with the mic. Go away. Back up with the mic. Um. Well, we have a temptation. There is a scripture uh, where Jesus speaks in scripture to temptation and about thoughts. And he does compare those thoughts to that. If you think it in your heart, so a, a man or a person is. He doesn't say if you're tempted. That sin. Uh, Jesus and Pastor Stephen would help me with this. If, if you disagree, temptation isn't um, the sin here. What Jesus is referring to is someone that is dwelling that's correct. Dwelling on these thoughts, enjoying these thoughts. When when you have thoughts about someone and you keep thinking about it, and then those they will begin to affect your actions, whether you like it or not. And so when you're enjoying dwelling on something and allowing that to, to become a part of your thought process, it's already sin. But that's not temptation. The temptation is not sin. That's right. And I think James, the brother of the Lord, gives us the best one. He says, everyone is tempted when drawn away by their desires. And ladies and gentlemen, we all have desires. So we're all going to be drawn by our desires. That's the broken nature. And that's what the devil wants to deal with. That's what he wants to play up. And in fact, one of you asked the question, um, how does the serpent use condemnation once temptation has worked? I'll go one step further. He uses condemnation before temptation has worked. You just that's saw him right. do that. He tries to tell you that the fact that you thought it the fact that you were tempted right. means that you have already lost. That is not the case. The scripture says everyone is tempted, including Jesus. Then when the desire has conceived, that brings forth sin. So the temptation is that first step. It's that drawing to our broken nature. Jesus didn't have a broken nature, yet still could be tempted. Eve was not broken and yet still was tempted. So he uses condemnation at every step of the way to try us to deal, to look at our reality falsely. Did right. God really say, if you eat of the fruit that you'll die? Oh, that's not really true. God just wanted to, you know, right. keep you back from something good. So condemnation comes in at every step. And then, of course, whenever temptation leads to sin, it conceives and brings forth sin. Then he says, you can't have Forgiveness, it's impossible. Which brings us to a big question here. Why does God forgive? Rachel, take a crack at that. Why do you think God forgives? Well, it's scripture tells us that his plan to come and die for us and forgive us and restore us to himself was from the beginning. And so he forgives because he loves us and he wants to restore us to him. And restoration cannot happen without forgiveness. There's no way. There's no way. We, there has to be repentance and there has to be forgiveness. That's um, right. And the so decision, the decision was made 
in the garden, and the scripture seems to tell us that he made it even before sin had occurred. God determined from the beginning of our time that when we humans sinned, he had a plan, if we would follow it, he had a plan to bring about restoration. So forgiveness is a part of God's restoration. It's a part of his plan. This is why the image of God as a fire-breathing, condemning, destructive, lacking mercy God is so destructive. It comes from the condemnation that the serpent tries to put upon us because if we believe that image, then we will not ask for forgiveness. And the only sin that scripture points to that cannot be forgiven is the one that is not asked for, the one that is not repented of. And so I really think it's like we parents, we know that our children are flawed. We know that our children break down and and they are not perfect. And our desire is not to destroy them. It is to grow them. It is to restore them. It is to, to mature them. And it's God's purpose as well. And so he forgives. And by the way, can I throw it in? He requires us to do the same. That's he right. requires us to do the same. He says, in fact, the only other forgiveness, he says, is if you won't forgive, then I won't forgive you. If you will not forgive, then I will not forgive you. All right. Um, I hate to do this. We're almost at eight o'clock, but it feels like I really should give the crowd just a little bit more fun. So here we go. Is, is the serpent asleep or can he answer one well, more? I, might have knocked him. Well, I didn't knock him out. He All just right. coming back. So besides Jezebel, who are some of your favorite people in the Bible? And who are some of your least favorite people in the Bible? Hmm. Well, I would say that Ahab and Jezebel were some of my favorites because they, oh man, there's just so much good stuff there. In addition to Ahab and Jezebel, other favorites, Cain, Cain's a good one. Cain was a good one who didn't really find forgiveness, at least not restoration and forgiveness. Cain's a good one. Abe, King Ahab, Jezebel, uh, Judas. We hit some of my favorites tonight. People I don't like as much. Hmm. That guy you keep talking about, who I will not name. No. <laughs> that kind of, are you telling me that this is kind of like Harry Potter in reverse? He who shall not be named? Is that who shall not be named? No. Yes. No. Okay. All right. He who shall not be named. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. That name that is above every name. Not, hey, hey, this is about me, me. Keep talking to me. So, all right, who else didn't you like? Hmm, Enoch. That guy was a joke. Forget Enoch. No, spent too much time talking to the other guy. <laughs> hmm. Um, the prophets, all the prophets, pretty much all the prophets. I don't like them. But I still win on that one because what I did was I convinced everybody else not to listen to the prophets. <laughs> oh my. In the New Testament, I have mixed feelings about Peter. Peter was frustrating. Peter would listen to me and then he wouldn't. And he'd listen to me and then he wouldn't. And he'd listen to me and then he wouldn't. Make up your mind already. So Peter, sometimes, sometimes not. Paul, 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 Paul. Constantly tempting, constantly tempting. 
thorn in the flesh, thorn in the flesh, thorn in the flesh. And you know what Paul keeps doing? He keeps talking to that other guy. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. I've got one final question. We're right at eight o'clock, but I missed Jada's real quick. How was Satan able to whisper to people only once and then they did everything else, kept sinning by themselves? Jada, this is an awesome, awesome question. And I think the answer can be done in one word. It's called condemnation. Because if he can convince you that the first act has messed things up, then you lose hope. And if you lose hope, you don't turn to Jesus. And if you don't turn to Jesus, you can't receive forgiveness. And if you don't receive forgiveness, then sin has you under its control. And so, yeah, that's that's not that's not the way we want to do it. Carolyn wants to know why do villains always laugh but heroes always smile? That's a good point, isn't it? I don't know, Carolyn, but it does seem to be our theme. Right. Laughing is so much better. Watch, I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rachel, don't break his hand, but bonk him for sure, certain on top of the head. I'm getting out of here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're at the 8 o'clock hour. I hope that you've enjoyed our Bible study tonight, and uh, I hope that you, uh, if you have any more questions at all that you'd like to send in, uh, you can send them to the serpent at desi.lugo at newarkupc.org. You can send any questions to the serpent at desi.lugo at newarkupc.org. And uh, if you want to get an angel's perspective, you can send it to our executive pastor, Leela Cooper at newarkupc.org. So for the next week or so, be careful of whatever response you get back from Desi. Don't forget, we are on Tuesday through Sunday at 7 p.m. Don't forget newarkupc.info, Facebook, YouTube. And uh, it's been a great time being with you. And uh, in your living rooms and everywhere, would you give the Lugo family a big hand and round of applause? It is one thing to do puppets, and it's another thing to do Wednesday night Bible study with puppets. So everybody give them a hand. And uh, until tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, we wish you all a very good night. God bless, good and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Good night, everyone.